the Fox show, um, you're listening, you're tuning in in your car somewhere, you're watching, you're wondering who are these guys, you know, I stumbled on, Christopher Walken's on the show, I'm not sure, is he? Maybe. <laughs> How the fuck are you? I'm Connor Falk, and this is What the Falk Show. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. And this time, I'm going to go and interview someone, be it from entertainment, from sports, from health, from fitness. Many different avenues I take the time, and I'm very lucky to talk to many different talented people, funny people, athletic people, many different kind of people who take the time to come on the show and talk about their interesting careers. This week, that person is going to be Sarah J. Halstead. Sarah is a comedian. She's an actress. She's a singer. She's an amazing pianist. She had a, a great background in the corporate life before. She's going to talk a little bit about that. She's going to talk about the many fundraising she does, whether it's for Flint, Michigan, or different things from that. You might know her from the Comedy Store, from the Orpheum Theater where she played in Hairspray, from the Heist House Comedy Club, from the Lotus Lounge, or from Flappers Comedy Club. Now I'm going to go ahead and call Sarah right now. I'm going to go ahead and get this interview started. And make sure you find the What the Fox Show's best sponsor. That's Ferris Pizza for the best price with the most love in it. If you love pizza as I do, go ahead and check that out next time you're in Bakersfield, California. Hello. Hi, Sarah Halsted. Hi, yes. Hi, how the fuck are you? This is Connor Falk and uh, you're on the What the Fox Show. Hi, Connor. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. I know you're a very busy woman. And, oh, uh, well, thank you very, very much for having me. Okay. I'm really happy to be on your show, and I'm very happy for the invite. Well, I can just say, uh, being kind of a social media spectator, I can say, in your career, you just seem really funny, really interesting, really cool, and I think the listeners, uh, you, know, you know, whether they're in traffic right now, bored, or playing a video game, or they just don't want to listen to their boyfriend or girlfriend, they could have uh, some conversation <laughs> for you and I to have together to kind of pass that time, you know? Oh, cool. Okay. I hope so. Absolutely. Well, 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 my research with you was kind of all over the place. I I, I googled oh. some Sarah J. Halsted. Uh, sorry, some Sarah J. Halsted. I kind of wanted to go a little bit farther than just the usual, your Facebook or whatnot. Now, I found a woman in 1851 that migrated to New York, <laughs> and I assume that you aren't immortal or a vampire. But if you were, I guess you can't tell uh, me on the show. So I well, assume you that's. Know, I'm, I've been kind of addicted to those books lately. It, it just may be me. You it never just know, may. But. Okay. So you're jumping <laughs> on the vampire train. And uh, but what I did find is that you have a extensive background in the business sector and that is in champagne and uh can you tell me a little bit about that background and how you went from there to now working in entertainment in los angeles sure yeah wow you did do your homework because i'm kind of quiet about that (laughs) moving out to los angeles it's because it sort of feels like just a completely different lifetime yeah almost like it never even happened because that's the vast dichotomy between the two, but um, yeah, it was, you know, well, I was I was an actor in New York City in the '90s, and I, I really didn't have much success. I was, and it's funny, you know, because I was a young Dewey Ingenue. I really should have had a plethora of work, but the confidence wasn't there, mm. and I just really struggled with acting. I did some, you know, non-union work, but just nothing, nothing to really write home about. And then my mom passed away in 1999. And uh, everything just kind of, well, my world just kind of crumbled, and it was just devastating for my family and for me, and, and you kind of put things in perspective, and I didn't want to go back to drama. I wanted to take a break from drama, so okay. I thought, well, what else do I like? Oh, I like wine. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I got in the wine industry, and, and after asking anything as simple, you know, I really should have gone after a much more challenging endeavor, but I chose wine, and I did well. And it really was supposed to be temporary, but I somehow got really swept up in it. I started to get kind of rather addicted to the income that it generated. Mm. And um, and life just 
passed by and before I know it, 15 years later, and, and now I'm in the champagne industry living this really highfalutin life that wasn't really me at all. And I was just, you know, it's funny because happiness, you know, perspective of happiness is relative and, you know, to a lot of people, I probably had a lot. I mean, I had a really beautiful home on the water in Miami, making really, you know, it was a great career, making a good, you know, good income with really fun perks. It just, you know, I, I just felt capped as a creative and, and I, I was just miserable. So, so you had a um, you had a creative void a little bit of what you were used to in New York. So then you kind of moved into the champagne exactly. industry, the wine industry. Now, right. um, and I can agree with what you said about losing the confidence kind of early on. You know, if you're not confident, you're just getting down yourself, which is which is the biggest I'd say pitfall of people who work in entertainment, whether it's behind or in front of the camera. You know, you're always searching oh, for yeah. you're always searching for work. You find yourself in this new industry, and as you said, it was so much easier. Now, is that because you know once you go into an audition, whether it's for singing or acting or modeling or whatever, they're literally picking on every part of you, whether it's, oh, your your uh, your nose is too big or your ankle is a little uh-huh. big there. So was it just a lot easier overall to transition into champagne? So say for like maybe those first few years? I would say absolutely because you're not selling yourself. You're selling another brand. Mm. So, you know, it was, um, it, I couldn't really take it personally. I would make champagne presentations. And if the buyer didn't, you know, buy it was because he didn't like that brand I, I never really could take it personally but yes when you're in front of a casting director and um and the client is in the room and and they're judging you from and they are absolutely judging you and analyzing your voice and and the way you walk and you know your idiosyncrasies and I mean definitely it gets to you especially for a young person yeah. you know now today I, I really don't think about it when I walk into the room yeah but but, you know, when, when you're young and don't have life experience, I think it affects you a little more. Well, kind of that, that inner confidence that you don't get until you kind of experience getting older. Kind of that whole phrase, right. you, you live and you learn. I could tell that just from my experience yeah. being, now me being 28 compared to when I was some 19-year-old guy, you know, I was doing print-to-paper oh, school. Sure. It was complete difference. And now I'm just so much more content in who I am. You know, I'm not going to, you don't try to put, you know, you don't try to put a, a square peg in a round hole, which a lot of people do when you're younger. Like, why can't I do this? Why can't I get this done? And sometimes you're just not meant for things. There's some things you're just not going to be meant for, you know, so you accept Absolutely. who you and are. Yeah, it has to just come organically. Exactly. Now, yeah, speaking of, um, you know, was it nice to get to? I guess do you get to drink wine while you're selling it to people? That must be nice. <laughs> I did, you yeah. know, and that grew really old. I had to drink every day. Oh, okay. And I, I had to drink champagne every day. I had champagne coming out of my ears. Okay. I used champagne samples for door stoppers. It was unbelievable. Well, I it, mean, <laughs> and, and it brought you. It brought you a lot. Uh, I mean, I read an article where you were in South Carolina. So you say you were in Miami. So how far? How far did you travel in that industry? Um, it would really vary. Um, my position was, um, or my title was Southeast Regional Manager. And sometimes I would have, you know, eight states and sometimes they would, you know, kind of spread it and, and I would have 16 states and, you know, but I, I would always, you know, go to Champaign and, um, and, and various, you know, I would go to California a lot and, you know, where they're producing some interesting sparkling wines and, it was so I would just kind of go. I mean, definitely, I I visited some very very beautiful historical places, and I'm grateful, you know, mm. for that experience. Yeah. And it it really was. I mean, I, I'm happy. I I don't regret these. You know that that extra detour in my life at all. It was interesting. It was just 
you know, time for a change. Well, not and, even necessarily a detour, right? Just something you needed to do that made you better just overall as a person, gave you that confidence you needed. And then you said 15 years later, you found yourself at a place where you were ready to make that change. So was there an right. exact moment or thing that happened that you were like, you know what, I'm, I'm washing my hands of this, I'm done, I'm, I'm jumping back into entertainment, feet first? You know, it just, I never really had the gumption to declare it out loud because I thought that I would laugh at myself. Yeah. You know, I, I never said it out loud, but I think it was just deep down thought. Like, well, I never really finished my initial request, my, my initial quest of being a creative. Yeah. And, and I, I just, that, that wonder was just kind of lurking. And so I, uh, you know, I didn't really have a plan. I, um, I, I sold my home and uh, I rented a 30-foot RV and I just started driving west. That's awesome. I liquidated all of my things. I sold my furniture with my house and, um, and I, I just really wanted to start fresh. And, you know, I don't think it hit me until I reached Texas that maybe I would dabble in acting and, and try to pick up where I left off. Yeah. <laughs> But I knew I wanted to live out west. Well, and I knew, you know, most likely that I was heading to LA. Well, and also you got to think of the business sector, the business, the business idea of what this business is. Like, I, I never think of myself necessarily that I would ever be a thespian, whether it's I'm working behind the camera, in front of the camera. But I do know this is uh-huh. a business. I do, I do know that everyone as actors were almost archetypes for whatever product we're selling. You know, when someone sees yes. you, whatever commercial or whatever they're seeing you stand up, they're bringing all the different movies, television shows, other comedians they've seen before, and they're kind of building their own archetype of who you are, and that's what they're using to go ahead and sell that product so you know i don't want to make you uncomfortable but obviously you're a very attractive woman you're articulate you know you're Uh, well you're well spoken so you know you always have you always had a place in terms of being presenting and you just move that from presenting champagne and wine to presenting different products and different you know whether it's a theater production on hairspray that you recently did or whether whether it's uh fundraising for flint which we'll get into later i want to get into your charity work a little later on um so i I would ask you one thing you know once you got there and now you're in la and now you're in the business is there anything you miss about the business sector like what are some of the best and worst things of, of both of those industries you know, I, I um, I'm not gonna lie. I miss the consistent paycheck. Yeah, yeah, okay, the stability. <laughs> I, I have to be honest, you know, and yeah. and it's it's definitely a gear shift of you know that new lifestyle of just having the confidence that there will be more work. You know, I've I've, I've spoken to some really successful artists out here, and they, they told me to just get used to it. This this is the way it is. You book a great job. And you're not sure when that next job is going to come in, but you just have the confidence that it will. Yeah. And so it's just it's just a new way of living, and so I'm adjusting to that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. And then you know the the best part of you know of of this transition, I think, and and I I I don't take it for granted. I think about it every time I leave in the morning on set or whatever job that I may have, or even if it's just a day of auditions, I love that I leave the house with just me. Yeah. Where before, with champagne, I had to leave the house with a champagne bag filled with champagne samples. Okay. They had to be chilled. I needed champagne stoppers. I needed presentation kits. I needed sell sheets, you know, and, and now I'm just, I'm really just selling me. Well, not, yeah, you're the product. Brand. Yeah, you're the, you're your own brand, and no one knows you oh, better than you, so that's going to make it easier. Right. Speaking it's of things, just, it's just my mind and spirit and, and talent. And yeah. Just hope, 
hoping for the best, you know? Yeah. yeah. Speaking of talent, uh, something I'm very talented in, that's eating pizza. I don't know if you're a fan of pizza, but sponsor of the show, Ferris Pizza, located in Bakersfield, California, my hometown, the best pizza for the best price. Cool. If, if you ever find yourself doing a show in Bakersfield, Sarah, I would highly recommend to go check out some Ferris Pizza. They got great crust, well, great cheese. Pizza? Exactly. Yeah. Pizza is the <laughs> I'm best. All over it. Um, I want to jump on something. I haven't really. I actually haven't got asked this question with too many of the other artists I've had. I don't think it would be a great time because in your focus that you have had to switch kind of careers, I think it gives you just a, a, such a, a great wisdom and insight that a lot of people might be able to relate with, you know, who are in different industries and who have always thought about getting jumping in the creative or, or vice versa. So you said, you know, one thing I've noticed is in this industry, you have a lot of time on your hands, right? And as I've gotten older, I've learned that I have to spend that time productively. Don't just be sitting there watching right. TV thinking, oh man, I'm not working right now. What am I doing with my life? Like, am I making the right decisions? So what are some things that you do to pass the time? Oh, wow. Well, um, I have to be honest. I, I don't have a lot of free time. Well, that's good. Because we, you know, I, I did have that epiphany that I'm the director of this show. Yeah. And I'm the one, you know, that has to say chop, chop. So a majority of my day is, um, if I'm not filming, if I'm not on set, I, I generally am auditioning and I have to bring, and you know, I said earlier that I don't, I don't leave, leave the house with anything, but I do bring costume changes for different roles, and I change in the car. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, so, That's and smart. then I self-submit, you know, probably to 35, 40 jobs a day on top of what my agent submits. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so in between auditioning and callbacks um, or filming, at night I really try to hit open mics, or sometimes if I'm lucky enough, I'll, I'll actually be in a comedy show. And, um... So there really isn't, right now, I'm sacrificing any kind of social life whatsoever. Yeah. I, I, you know, I just don't have time, and I've been blessed enough in my past where I had a lot of social life buzz, you know, and I just don't need it right now, and so I'm just going to focus on this, and, and I've never been happier, really. Well, as you said, if, if you don't push your own brand, your company, no one else will, so that, you know, you're right. the CEO and the owner of the Sarah J. Halstead Incorporated, so it's up to you to go ahead right. and hunt new work and what that. So you talked about, you know, I, I love that you bring different outfits for auditions. I think that further shows about how your experience in terms of being a rep with the uh, the champagne and the wine was really just a great experience for you to understand, like, this is a business, you know? You, you have different is. roles. You have to come in ready for what you're selling, you know? I mean... Yeah, there's a business acumen, including, yeah. you know, follow-up and, and uh, being as communicative possible with my agent mm -hmm. letting him know that I'm working you know I'm, it's, this is a partnership I don't expect him to be you know doing all the the work and yeah so yeah it's um very much you know you have to be professional and and reliable and consistent and you know with acting anyway you know and and then the comedy that's that's kind of a whole other thing I think you know a lot of comics get away with um maybe being less professional if they're really uber talented. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you still have to show up. Yeah, and those, those are just a handful <laughs> of people that get that way, that just have their look or their brand that is so specifically almost not consistently like on time or kind of, they're just kind of the disheveled um, stand-up. That's kind of right. what they do. That's kind of their brand. But being consistent is something I think is a great thing for you, being consistently entertaining, being consistently professional, being consistently uh -huh. funny, whether you're an actress, whether you're a comedian, whether you're a writer, whether you're playing the piano, which you started playing at what, seven years old? You've played since then? Yeah, yeah. Since age seven. Since you know, my, my father, was that was really important to my dad. Okay. And uh, he's a classical, a classical guitarist. Oh, nice. In flamenco. And, um, and he, you know, bought us a piano, and we grew up in a really modest upbringing, and it was a big deal 
to, to buy your kids a piano back then. Yeah. And uh, I took, a, you know, a few lessons and I wanted to quit, like most kids, you know, when it got hard. <laughs> and he said, no, no, you're not going to quit. And I, I had to practice the piano with the metronome every single day uh, for at least one hour for over a decade. Well, it, and now I'm so grateful. Yeah, because now it gives you a whole another tool in your tool bag to use when you're performing. So you're also a singer. Oh, yeah. You just finished your uh, your role in Hairspray at the Orpheum Theater. That's yeah. a great venue. That must that have been a really fun. cool experience. So out of all those things, stand-up, acting, singing, writing, you know, piano, all those different things, is there one that you specifically like more than the other, or are they just all part of the same thing? Oh, I love them all for different reasons at various times of my life, depending on what, you know, um, you know, writing is really wonderful when, when I need to just really have some solitude. And comedy is really wonderful when I just really need to kind of get raw and and get to the, the core of who I am because you can't hide when you're doing stand-up. Yeah. If, if you're not really true, you're not going to be funny and, and you're not going to hold their attention. That, that's what I really love most about stand-up comedy. And then um, acting is just, I mean, when you can really embody a role, it's euphoric. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, I love them all. I, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice combo. Yeah. And, and the musical theater is by far the most difficult of, of anything. It's because, you know, it's, it's one thing to sing and dance and act, but when you have to amalgamate all three and perform, you know, all three simultaneously, it can really become a shit show. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that definitely takes a lot out of you. I, I know for one that I would not be able to do it, or at least I wouldn't be able to do it very well. So uh, people like yourself who can do it in a high manner and an elite level are well, certainly a, a dime a dozen. I, I tried. I tried my best. Well, um, it, th- it's a lot of fun. I, I appreciate, you know, the challenge. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's really underappreciated and the most underpaid of anything, yeah. of course. Which is, you know? this is funny the way it works like that, right? But, okay, so yeah. you have Hairspray. You have your time. You've been to the Comedy Store. You've been to Ice House Comedy. you got upcoming stuff like Lotus Lounge, you got Flappers Comedy Club, so many different uh-huh. venues and so many different shows that you're doing. But I want to talk about the fundraising you did for Flint, Michigan. Obviously a big, oh. you know, just a, a huge issue overall. You know, we're in America and even just the world in general. You know, I, I can understand people all don't deserve PlayStations. They don't deserve to have TV. Like stuff like that doesn't matter. But water is obviously a human need that we all need and all deserve. You know, clean air and water are things that we would hope that everyone has and a roof over their head and food, obviously. So you're talking about these basic things in humanity that people are being robbed of. And it's just, it makes no fucking sense. You know, what the fuck? It's a what the fuck moment right there. So you're doing this fundraising for Flink. So can you go into a little bit more about how you got involved with that and and what that was Uh, like? Well, um, the the producers of that fundraiser um, are the owners of Flappers. And, um, and I'm from Flint and you would, I'm, I'm from a small town, five minutes west of Flint called Flushing. And, uh, okay. they're, they're pretty, they're pretty much one and the same. And I, I just can't believe this situation is happening within our country. Yeah. You know, you, you hear about, you know, lack of clean water in third world countries, but this, this is right here. Yeah. You know, this is happening now and it's, un, it's ongoing. And I, I, even though it's all over the press, I, I really feel that there's still just not enough attention on the matter, and it's it's going to take a long time to fix. And um, uh, I'm doing whatever I can to raise awareness. And we had this really fun show um, affiliated with Flappers in Flint, Michigan, and um, we had a pretty good turnout. And and I, I'm really hoping that that we well, unfortunately, because the, the crisis, the Flint crisis, is ongoing. 
um, the shows will, will have to be ongoing too and yeah. just trying to do what we can to raise awareness. Well, okay, so what can the listeners do that are listening right now, whether they're in Flint or California or in a different country, hopefully, um, whether they listen to SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher, what can they do to kind of help out the situation going on in Flint, Michigan? Is there anywhere they can donate? Is there any information you can give them? Uh, yes. Um, it's uh, flintwatercrisis.com. That's really the, uh, I, I think, the go-to website to donate. And um, in, in addition to donating, really, I, that's really all we can do is donate clean water yeah. until they remedy the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, I'm, it's 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 a, a helpless feeling. I mean, I you know there are some celebrities that are offering housing, and I mean, really, the the only solution is just a temporary exit from Flint yeah. until they remedy the situation, but that's just not realistic. Well, and it's just so, so unfair in terms of all that's been happening there. Obviously, I've seen some of the Michael Moore documentaries and just in general, that uh-huh. state, whether it's from the, the destruction of the auto industry and so forth, but not having clean water, it's been a very tough time for the people there. No one deserves that. So that's another reason why I want to have you on the show, to be able to talk about this issue and to be able to shed some light to people out there who are listening. Because any 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 usual human being, any good human being listening right now is going to say, hey, well, that's fucking, that's fucking BS, you know, that people don't have clean water. So if I can donate some wa- bottles of water, if I can, can continue to let people know what's happening there, you know, because as you know, the news cycle in America is so ever-changing. It's like people focus on things for one week and then it moves on to the next thing and people totally forget. So the Flint water crisis is something that should con- continuously be a major topic that people are talking about because it's so fucking not cool. So I'm glad you were able to talk yeah. about that. And I appreciate you coming on the show in general. So this is the time I kind of want to talk about what's coming up for you. Where can where can listeners find you up soon? What are some upcoming events for uh, Sarah J. Houston? Oh, oh well, thanks. Well, I'm um, in the process of producing a comedy show with three other comedians called uh, Four Chicks and a Mic. Okay, nice. And we're going to um, uh, hit a lot of venues. Um, it's going to be a 90-minute show and just a lot of fun. We're, we're all pretty diverse and bring a lot to the table yeah. um, uh, comedy-wise. And I'm in a, uh, uh, I'm in pre-production of a film with a really talented um, avant-garde director named Marlena DiFabrizio, and I play a classical pianist, and that will be a lot of fun. It's awesome. called Clear Light. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm in post-production of my first uh, independent film that I produced and co-wrote, and it's called Meet My Roommate, and it's fun. It's um, about a, a middle-aged... Um, ex-realtor from Flint who goes back to college. <laughs> and, uh, oh, wow. It's a, it, it's a comedy, and hopefully it will be a hoot. Yeah. And yeah, I just, you know, my stand-up, and, and I'm just, you know, do, doing the creative thing in L.A. and, and having a blast, and that's the most important thing. Well, I, I can tell you that I'm interested to see that, that film that you're talking about producing and co-writing, because from what I saw about from your reel, I can already have an idea of the kind of situations that you're going to get yourself into as coming from reality <laughs> back to college. So that would definitely, I can see the, the funny part of it, of what would be going from there. So, and obviously, you know, it's always nice to have a pretty blonde on screen. So that's certainly going to be helped uh. as well. And uh, and that's that's really cool that you're uh, you're playing a classic piano. So that's just kind of, you know, as I've always, my dad always told me is you don't want to have as many tools in your tool belt as you can. So that's awesome that you're, right. your musically inclined background is starting to really pay dividends in terms of your performance and your creation. So I think yeah, my, 
my dad is pretty happy about that. I'm sure he um, is. Yeah. So now he's like, "Hey, I, t- I told you so. Off. You're glad you didn't quit. You're glad you didn't <laughs> quit, right. aren't you?" You know, he said. And I'm glad too. <laughs> as dads like to remind you. So where can we find you on social media? I know it's at Sarah J. Housted. We're friends on Instagram, on Twitter. They can find you there. They can uh, find you at SarahJHousted.com. Um, are you yes. on Tumblr too? Is that a thing? Are you on that as well? No, you know, I haven't. I kind of drew the line. I just uh, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, and and my website is really where I am and I, I, I should I get on Tumblr what, what is that even all about I don't even know <laughs> much I just uh, I've seen some people are on Tumblr sometimes when I do research for guests I find they have a Tumblr or a Snapchat or, or these different pages um, that I technically didn't know exist I'm just learning about the Snapchat train uh, my girlfriend has started showing yeah, what that is so, so. there's I a know. lot there's a lot, but but as we as you and I are an example, social media these days, and especially for me when I started this show, it's invaluable yeah. in terms of connecting with people and building oh. a brand. You know, yeah, that's how we connected. Yeah, on Instagram. I yeah, believe. exactly. So now, if you have yeah. content and you have something that you have to say, if you have a brand, is something you're willing to build, and you have some kind of business acumen, hopefully, you know, you in your background obviously uh-huh. have that. Me with my small time in corporate taught me a lot. Um, there's no excuse not to not to do it. Social media is all there's there. There's no excuse. Yeah, there's no it's, excuse. It's a, yeah, it's it's so easy yeah. to um to promote your brand, and you know, and YouTube is another one that I I really need to spend more time with. Me too. Just, me as well. You can go viral overnight. Yeah, you can go it's viral. Unbelievable. Well, they have people you know? who have. Uh, did you know nowadays people don't play video games? They just watch people play video games. Apparently, that's like a <laughs> I thing. So like, there's like I could apparently I could play Madden. I'm Madden football. I'm a nerd. I apologize. So I could play Madden football and I could put on the little video thing and I would have like a hundred thousand kids just watching me play Madden football. Like it's crazy. It's crazy with how the media and everything is changing and people are are starting to gain money and, and traction in terms of their brand in so many different ways. So if you have a business background and you were smart and you understand what sponsors and advertisers are looking for, I think I think there's some there's there's some things to be made there. There's some opportunity. So oh, agreed. Yeah. Oh, agreed. And you're you're, you're yeah. someone who understands that. So that's why another reason why I think you, you were a great guest. Um so at this point we're at the end of the episode where I'm gonna go ahead and give you some rapid fire questions. Cool. You can't really cool. prepare for them. You're just gonna have to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Okay, so let's let's assume that maybe this is a hundred years from now, and you already got done winning your your three Oscars and your Tonys. Um, who plays Sarah J. House did? It, well, you might still be alive if you really are a vampire, so we don't know that yet. But let's just say you <laughs> let's say you have passed a hundred years from now. Who plays you in a movie? Oh well, um, she so she doesn't exist, right? Because it's a hundred years from now. Ooh, so. technically, yeah, I guess. You, you, <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so. So let's see. So, I, would you like me to just describe her? Well, um, I was gonna say, I was gonna say like one of those uh, act, you know, actor actresses that you go to. But since I'm a hundred years, yeah, maybe it's maybe yeah, it's a kid. No, she maybe she it's hasn't yet been, yeah. Been born, she's so. not there. Or you know, it's 2016. It could be a male actor who plays the role. You never know, right? You I mean, never know what's gonna happen. That, a clone baby, an alien. Yeah, you don't know. It could be your clone. <laughs> it could be your clone baby. You never know. <laughs> Okay. Well, that that question kind of uh, kind of collapsed on itself. So I I think that went into a a really interesting uh, direction there. I like it. It did. I haven't talked about clones or vampires much on this show, so that's the first time. So (laughs) you'll definitely leave a mark in that way. Now, next question: You're a zombie, right? I don't know if you can really think about it, but if you're a zombie, you know, you see me or you see somebody running from you, you're about to grab and start eating them. What part of the body do you eat? What looks the most scrumptious? You think to Sarah House did the zombie version? Oh, let's see. It would be a um. It would be a man. Okay. It would be you where eat a man. Okay. His, his hairline meets his neck. Ooh. Okay. I 
I would start there. You start there. Okay, I get that. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> um, speaking in the food uh, arena, I get crazy food sometimes. Like, I have to have top tier on my pizza. Like, uh, my girlfriend and I love to have the hot tamales candy. I don't know if you've ever had that candy. We love to have it with popcorn. It's great. No, if you haven't had it, please, really? please that's, try that's it. You wait for it to warm up, and it's like a nice cinnamon cinnamon uh, taste with your popcorn, that little butter taste. So is there a crazy wow. food combo that you enjoy that most people might not, not might not know about? You know, I do have a funny combo, and it's out of nostalgia. For whatever reason, when I was little, my mom would make my brother and me popcorn and give us a big glass of orange juice with the popcorn. Huh. It's like a terrible, terrible, you know... It, 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 Popcorn and OJ don't go together at all. Okay. But now I, I can't have popcorn without OJ. Okay. Because it's it's just it you know it's just that nostalgic memory of yeah. you know I, I'm a lot older than you so I was you know watching oh who knows. Uh, uh, Laverne and Shirley, <laughs> happy uh, days. <laughs> hey, I, I know about all those things. I got to be honest. I just learned a lot about the decades. Have you seen that new uh, documentary on, uh, it just came to Netflix. It was on CNN. It was the 60s and 70s. Oh, no, I don't know it. You need to check it out. If you have Netflix or not, I can just give you a site to go, you know, if you want to look online or something. Yeah, but on Netflix, yeah, 10 episodes of the 60s, eight episodes of the 70s, and just going into different things. And I, I tell you, I knew it was a big decade, but I didn't know just how much was going on. Like, it was crazy. So one of the cool parts was that for the 70s, it had the first episode of all the television shows. And when TV really kind of it kind of made its strides in terms of All in the Family, the Robinsons, um, oh, yeah. Laverne and Shirley, Happy Days, and you know how you have oh, the creators yeah. of those, Rob Reiner and different things. So, and, and actually, I am I do know a little bit now. If we had this conversation a week ago, I wouldn't have. But thankfully to that documentary, thanks, thanks to Netflix, I uh, I have a little bit more to talk to my guest about. So uh, if you oh, want, they're the best. Yeah, so if, know, especially those sitcoms, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, Three's Company. Yep. Three's I could watch that all day. Okay, so you're still into that. Now, now, last question I'll ask you: What is what is kind of maybe a guilty pleasure in terms of TV that you watch? Oh, guilty pleasure. Um, let's see, Making of a Murderer okay. was my guilty pleasure. Okay. I think a lot of people's guilty pleasure, right? They like that. <laughs> um, check that out. Okay. I really, and I don't know if you'd call it. For, uh, you know, guilty pleasure because it's intelligent writing, but uh, Unbreakable Kitty Schmidt, I think, is really okay, yeah. well written. I'm, I'm really kind of, the second season just came out. I'm really, I'm a huge Tina Fey fan. Yeah. And, she's uh, supremely talented, and I could see, uh, you know. Yeah, she's, she's like, a god so um you both but, have a lot yeah, in common in that in that term actually both can do many different things whether it's behind the camera in front of the camera so in that you you can kind of consider her a peer so hopefully someday yeah. hopefully someday you guys work on the same project and hey maybe you have me coming on to interview the cast and uh that's behind cool. the scenes let's, okay let's make that a goal my friend i'm down i'm down well as any show i have I'm, I, I'm very lucky to talk to people like yourself very uh, entertaining oh, man, and interesting people and, and normally from there it kind of becomes an opportunity for future networking so who knows we'll keep in touch we'll see what goes from there and can I ask, is this maybe your, can I say this is maybe a top three experience for you podcast wise? Is that, am I, am I getting a little too cocky or is that true? You're my very first podcast ever. Oh, wow. So I'm the first. So like, yeah. you'll never forget yeah, me you're my in a first. way. This is really special for me. I'm never going to This is it. This is special. This is a big deal. Well, I appreciate that. And I'm certainly very humbled and excited <laughs> to hear me. that. I appreciate you taking the time. You've been a great guest. You uh, are very well spoken. Oh, cool. and you articulated very well. So we're going to find you on SarahJHouse.com. We'll find you on Instagram, SarahJHouse at Facebook, Twitter. When we release this episode, obviously, I'll appreciate any time you want to retweet or, or share it. If you want to send your friends and family cool. or even oh, some somebody you met on the street, say, hey, check out the What the Folk show. You know, it, it's supposed to be there when you're bored in traffic, at work, at school. Uh, you don't want to listen to your boyfriend and girlfriend. Or you're playing video games. So I'm just trying to spend some, give some time with some witty... <laughs> 
informational banter in interview format, and you certainly helped me achieve that. So, Sarah, I appreciate you being on the show. And uh, this is your opportunity. Yeah, no problem. This is your opportunity to say goodbye to listeners, whatever you want to say. Goodbye. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, thank you. I I hope I'm on again. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have a wonderful evening. And I will talk to you soon, okay? You too, Connor. Thanks. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was actress, comedian, writer, singer, pianist, Sarah J. Houston. She's done a lot of different things in a lot of great ways. Hopefully you enjoyed her insight and her background in terms of how she started in New York City as an actress. She went ahead and took some time off. She started working in Champagne in that industry for about 15 years. And then at a certain age, she decided, you know what? It's time to make a change. It's time to go for that dream. It's time to jump back into entertainment. She bu- she sells everything she has. She buys an RV and she comes to the West Coast. So whether you're out in you know this country, another country, wherever you are, if you're in a satellite listener to the show, that'd be great if somehow the show is making to a satellite. Just know that it's never over. You know, whether you have kids or whatever, it's never over. You can now today with technology, you have an opportunity to build something if you want it. So don't get down on yourself. Don't say, hey, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have done this. Don't let the regrets take over because regrets fuck and suck. So why the fuck not? Why the fuck not should you try to pursue your dreams? I appreciate you listening to the show, whether it was SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. I'm only as good as my guests and I'm only as good as the many listeners who take the time to listen. So I appreciate all of you. I love all of you. I'm extremely humbled and happy to get to do this show. There's way worse things I could do with my time and I'm so happy to get to do this. So the support from my family, from my friends, from everyone on social media. Thank you so much. I look forward to trying to add more interesting and hopefully entertaining interviews and interview format. Sorry, entertaining interviews for you to listen to. Have a great Falcon week. Have a great Falcon evening. A great Falcon morning. Have a great Falcon whatever. I'll Falcon talk to you soon. I'm Connor Falk. This is the What the Falk Show.